You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Wow. Oh man, should be a fun show today. What is up, everybody? No parents, no rules. Adam's gone. Harrison is um, he's getting divorced, so that's taking. He's got to sort through the paperwork. I'm just kidding. He's on his honeymoon. So I'm joined by the homies. To my to my left, it's superstar Dev. You know, like this chair, I just feel a little bit powerful. It feels yeah, like uh, I'm the center dude. of attention. I could be in that one, and that one's probably the most powerful one. But this one feels like it today because I'm not next to that guy. Wow, that guy in mention is Eric Weedham, also known as uh, Eric Co. Are we, first, are we positive he wasn't pointing at Ryan? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, screw you, Dev. Also, <laughs> you're right. No parents. You know what I've had today? Uh, I've eaten nothing but a handful of sugar. Oof. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, Breakfast Corner comes after the instructions, oh, okay. but uh, and then down at the end, not from Denver Stiffs, uh, but full time Mile High Sports covering the Nuggets. It's Ryan Blackburn. Hi guys, how are you, man? It's good to be here. I'm I'm really excited. This is currently the the second show that I've replaced the esteemed Adam Maris on today. Oh. Um, no I'm, one's complaining. I feel like that's a good niche for me. Uh, no Which one's one complained. Are you bragging? Yeah. Oh yeah. Please tell me. <laughs> please tell me one of them was like a, a court date or something. Oh yeah, no, okay. I, I I replaced Adam. Uh, actually, at his house, uh, picked his kids up from school. Yeah, I mean, hey, somebody's got to do it. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, and now it's time for breakfast corner. Dad, what'd what you means. have for breakfast today? A breakfast burrito. Me too. I, had, oh, yeah, so I had no choice. I had to give in. Um, it was so good. Too. I had a great. I, yeah, dude. I I heard you say that you were avoiding starch. But, I know. But you, can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. Why? Dev, you're perfect. One? You're perfect as God made you. Thank you. You see. eat as many potatoes as are put in front of you because you couldn't get any worse. There, you're perfect. Hold on, I couldn't get any. Yeah, worse. hang on. The way that was framed. <laughs> and so, Eric, you had sugar for breakfast. Not really. That, right? that, that was a bit. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I was, that's what a child does when they're left alone. <laughs> well, Hank said rice yesterday. He had a bowl oh, yeah. Today, of rice. I yeah. Today, oh, yeah. I today I ate a packet of unflavored Kool Aid and uh, had a handful of sugar. A uh, couple of gummy bears it's and uh, is seven Sour Patch Kids. Midlife crisis, fair or unfair? Or? I was just going to ask. I wouldn't, was okay. I wouldn't say it was a crisis. It's just more like a tailspin. Yeah. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. That sounds about right. Well, listen. With no Adam and no Harrison, there was an empty set on this empty seat on this set, and I wanted to fill it with a good friend of ours, Ryan. Who look, you've talked about this a good amount now publicly. Just going to ask you to do it again. Sure. Yeah. Um, Tell us about the new venture, man. Well, everybody knows that I, I love talking about myself. That's I, right. I, I very selfishly Raging wanted the spotlight. Vanity is my yeah. middle name. Yeah, you did replace Adam. I, yeah, <laughs> I really did. <laughs> wow. 
Never, no, um, one had, yeah, no one has yeah. ever filled shoes so snugly. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, as you guys know, I've been doing pickaxe and roll for a little bit here, and I've been partnering with Nate Lundy over at Mile High. And he and I have developed a really good friendship, really good relationship, and I came to him eventually said, hey, I want to go full-time for this. I really want to be here, and I want to stay local. I didn't know if I was going to be able to stay local. That yeah, was man. Actually, I was, I was a little bit worried about that. And I've got a, I've got a lease coming up. I've got a whole bunch of I got health insurance that i got to think about. It's it's, it's crazy. So I uh, I really wanted a full-time gig, and I, I pushed him hard for it, and he relented, and it was great. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> See, the crazy thing is, uh, so me and Vote also are part of my high sports. This That's is right. like when you're um, – when your grandpa like just gets older and the next generation comes when you have kids because it's like it wasn't that way for us and then you know it worked out so he's gotten better uh, throughout time and i'm glad that you uh, got that experience absolutely and and brandon ewing who's replacing me shout out as skip. the site manager shout out to skip he was also at mile high sports so that's right everybody here has has sort of been connected. Everybody here in the local market Almost has been connected everybody. for a, uh, Yeah, well, we separated for you for a reason. And Eric just hangs out. Uh, but yeah, no, we... Uh, Can't get rid of him. I, I, think it's, I think it's great that we have a good, friendly relationship locally. You guys are my friends. I, I very much appreciate our times and our talks, and I'm just happy to be on the show. Yeah, sure, you, you know what I, as an insider-outsider, uh, learned very early is that Nobody cares about what media thinks about other media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody just wants to hear what people read and write or write or whatever. They don't care. They don't care about uh, what our beefs, whatever. It's the most annoying thing that exists on this earth. Oh, us caring about ourselves. Well, that's, I'm no, glad you brought like that beefs. up. I have got another conversation for Ryan personally. No, I mean, it's, it's, you are in that time too, where, you know, you come out of college you grinded for this with Denver Stips. It's a scary time. Like there are not a lot of gigs in this industry. You don't know if you're going to get to stay in Denver. So I just wanted to say, uh, thrilled you're, you're sticking around, man. Thrilled we can have you in the studio. I got lucky, and and there's there's no other way to say it other than that I got lucky at the time that I came back for my senior year and was kind of in between. Okay, I don't know what I'm going to do with my future. That was when you and Adam went to DNBR. And so that was that was a part of my life where I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And now, three years later, I was kind of at the same boat. So I got lucky. Uh, nothing but respect for, for Adam. Nothing but respect for, for Nate Lundy, who I'm going with now. And I'm, I'm sad to leave Denver Stiffs. I was there for six years, guys. Yeah. Like, it was, uh, I, I, I was told I wrote 1,700 posts. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell you something? In six years. Can I tell you something? Yeah. You are not lucky. <laughs> You've worked your ass off. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you have made your own luck. I'm really proud of you for that. Like, a lot of people don't really understand that uh, dreams are attainable, but not for free. And you have exhibited very clearly that this is an industry you want to be a part of, and you have put the work in, and it's been awesome to see. You know, you love to see people get rewarded for hard work. So congratulations to you, my friend. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate it, guys. And thank you for letting me be vain about myself. It's great. No, yeah, dude, well, actually, like, actually, I got a little bored at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. And, and honestly, at the beginning, too. <laughs> I was bored throughout that whole process. Oh, great. A lot of moving pieces in the market. Times are changing, but the name of the game remains the same. We're covering the Denver Nuggets, and we're hoping to see them win a title sooner rather than later. And as I think many people are coining this, the most important offseason in team history, question mark, is upon us. So we will find different ways to sort of explore our perspectives on this offseason in this episode but first, I want to do that through the lens of a trade rumor. Uh. Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. Um, Fisher has good information. He was the guy who first had 
Denver sending Gary Harris for Aaron Gordon. So he was all over that. This rumor is a bit weird. The headline kind of makes it seem like OG and Anobi demanded a trade. He did not. Uh, the actual report clarifies that there are there's just some conversation about maybe the, he and the team having different perspectives on what his role is in Toronto. And that's amplified by him being a guy a lot of teams want. A lot of external interest in OG. So the Nuggets aren't specifically mentioned in this report, Ryan, but I figured it would be a good launching block for this conversation. Is that the type of trade that Denver needs to have its eyes on? And with the asset cabinet looking the way it does, is that the type of trade that they even could get in on? That's that's probably the main sticking point, right? Is OG Ananobi is a fantastic player. And, and there's a reason why he wants a larger role. There's a reason why... It, it seems like he might be a little bit disappointed in how things went with Toronto, with Scotty Barnes kind of being the new bell of the ball there. Uh, I'm not surprised that, that he's looking for a, a larger role similar to get Jeremy Grant. Mm. Like, he's another guy who who wanted to step up as kind of the first or second option. And I don't think that OG is going to get that kind of kind of role in Denver, but I know you're not speaking specifically about him. Right. To the, to the point of the question, yeah, you, you want to you try to shoot for the moon in, in some of these cases. I think when you're looking for elite role player types, right. he's the type of guy that you're looking for. A guy I coined last year was Derek White. Mm. Not necessarily of that same caliber, but look, he's in the NBA Finals right now. Right. And, and there are a lot of types of pieces like that that if you're willing to get aggressive, if you're willing to go out and take a risk, then Denver could potentially get in on that kind of market. And I think that that's probably what they should do. Can you move that mic a little closer? Of we do course. It we do our troubleshooting live. So I'm curious, though. OG Ananobi, does Aaron Gordon's presence, I mean, can can he play the three? Can we? Can he pr provide perimeter defense that is so, so sorely lacking for this squad? Like, a big defender just in general, a guy with length that can stretch the floor, that can knock down threes. I mean, obviously, like, OG Ananobi, that name is just so triggering for me. <laughs> yeah. <fans. laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. so, like, I like the idea, sort of, of, like, bringing him back just to sort of, like, make right what, what was wrong. Like, I, I mean, I definitely feel like we should try to get Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and <laughs> OG Ananobi this offseason. Uh, but, like, I don't, does he really have a role? I, to me, I, I'm just sort of trying to get at, you know, some people have, have do you think Denver is going to get big, get aggressive this this offseason? No no, and no I guess way. what I'm trying to think of what trades could look like to improve the team. You know, it is a elite fifth or sixth type of guy that helps you build multiple defensive lineups. Not so much necessarily that he right now makes as much sense as he once did. But when I'm thinking of how does Denver improve, is it these types of players, Dev, that they need more of on their roster? Absolutely. I think that he is like the perfect fit when you think about um, what Denver needs. They need another guy that's going to be defensive and is going to be a lockdown guy that they can just put on any player in the league where now you have two guys in, in Aaron Gordon and in him. And then also you ask if he could play that three. If you just, I mean, it, of course, it's like a hypothetical scenario, but you just insert him to where Will Barton is. Mm -hmm. Does he make the team better? <laughs> and how much more does he make the team better? Which is, like, I think it's night and day. And this is already a team that I feel like is um, a team, you know, a contender. And then you could get a lot better with that. So I think that you do need to be aggressive in those type of um, regards. And he's coming from a team where, you know, like you just talked about, Scotty Barnes is the exact same player. They have Pascal Siakam that's kind of the same player. They have right. a lot of people doing the exact same things where he's like looking around like, hey, a lot of other teams do want me. A lot of other teams do need me. I am a player that's going to be around this league for a long time. I want more. 
So it, it makes sense for him to want to make that move. I feel like he makes any team better. Sitting in Adam's seat, I'm going to fill fill his shoes a little bit and try to trade a beloved Nugget. Um, not not actually sure. trying to trade them, but just the conversation. When Jokic you think about or... what what Denver has in terms of the offensive <laughs> firepower, you know how dynamic they can be when everyone's healthy. You know, if it comes down to what it takes to get an OG or or player X of this ilk, if it takes throwing in a, you know, Monte or even like a Bones, you know, that Ooh. is Denver there. Is Den is that is Denver there and there again? Not this trade specifically, but do they have to have these these tough conversations with themselves, Ryan? Oh, they have to have tough conversations. There's no doubt. Like, I think what we've realized over the course of these past what 14 months or so is that the Nuggets have to be aggressive. There is no way that they are going to win a title unless a they are fully healthy. Yeah. B they upgrade their defense. I think and it's C only, they take risks. It's literally only A. Yeah, and like like they've got to they have a lot of stipulations that is they're going to be needed in order to compete for a title. And one of those stipulations is you can't get too tied in with your guys because Denver has a lot of their guys. Yeah. There's a lot, like there's a lot of guys that they've drafted and I think the, of the two that you named Monte and bones Highland. There's a question about their fit. There's a question about their long-term projection with the team. If you can have one of those guys kind of be not used, but like a, a stepping stone to the byproduct of a guy that fits. I, I think two guys that I would, I would name, Malcolm Brogdon, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Those are two types of players. I okay. think maybe a little bit smaller than OG. Maybe they can play the two as opposed to be a three or a four like OG is. But that's kind of the range that we're talking about. And you can't get those guys, or you probably can't get those guys, without including a valuable asset. Right. Like a, like a Monte, like a Bones. Right. Ooh, yeah. Also, do you, I mean, if we're talking OG, like, do you really want... Like I don't want my <laughs> I don't want my team to trade with Masai Ujiri. Yeah, no, that's a that's a, that's a scary one. I don't want that to be part of what our plan is. That sounds like a bad plan. It's a trick every single time. <laughs> it's like a total trick. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like I, I guess the reason why I found this interesting is just, yeah, I think that is kind of the ceiling on what Denver being aggressive at this point looks like. Yeah, you know those max contract guys are there. So, and 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 that's the other thing. You know, there was a time where Denver had so many routes to reshuffling the deck or obtaining other assets. And I think as they've improved, also that just sort of trove of assets has dwindled. And now it's to the point where if you are going to get a guy that you feel for sure moves the needle, it may it may take those tough conversations of guys they already love here in Denver, their guys. I think that was a good way to put it. Well, the last second round pick was that they hit on was Monte Morris in 2017. I'm not considering Jared Vanderbilt to hit because he was gone. He's, he's immediately moved. And those are the kinds of guys, the second rounders, the undrafted, are the kinds of cheaper uh, guys that, that help restock the cupboard. They're the ones that, that, like Toronto, for example, has really hit on, that have mm. made it so that they can make some of these kinds of moves, stay really aggressive, and, and continue to compete for uh, playoffs and titles in that way. And I, I think that if you're Denver, you've, you've got to hit on the margins there there is no way you are going to win a title unless you hit on those margins and those margins are what help you trade for an og ananobi there will help you trade for a malcolm brogdon or a bogdan bogdanovich or somebody like that and that is what's going to get denver over the top it's pretty simple yeah god i don't you, i wonder what will barton's trade value is these days because, because like if you're asking a nuggets fan like what he's worth it's like everyone's so low at him but i wonder if that's true of everybody in the league if they look at will barton the way that the nuggets well looking. there there are two i think that's a great point there are two ways to look at it first of all he's on an expiring 
right? Yeah. So that's it's the big one. That's the thing about that Barton extension. I know maybe some people felt well, like this thing has run its course, but they didn't handcuff themselves. No, not Barton. at all. He's actually kind of more of an asset now. He's and it's, it's a, and it's the 14, 15 mil number. Like that's a nice little chunk of an expiring contract right there. And then the other thing is that it doesn't feel like it for us because of the role that he needed to play because of how everything fell off defensively. But just statistically, as an offensive player, yeah, as a role player, if you look at his season... Dude, 15 points a game. There are other fan bases around the league that are talking themselves into that kind of guy. 15. Now, for Denver, we have context for maybe why it's time to move on or not, but it's that I don't think every other fan base or every other front office would view him as, like, dead weight. Yeah, he's, yeah. like, almost the exact stats as Bogdan. I, I feel like uh, being uh, in... Nuggets media and also in a spot of DMVR where you're around fans and hearing from fans on a daily basis as well. Um, Nuggets fans, that is. It makes it very difficult to see a player like Will Barton and what he's viewed at viewed as um, from a, opposing fan bases because, like you said, 15 points a game, It that's a good number. Bogdan is like a player that everyone talks about and they're so high right. on. That is doing the exact same thing as the guy that you have. Right. But since you see him so often, since you're around yeah. him so much, you're like, okay, this this is run its course. This is done. This is not productive. In every way it is. <laughs> so I think that it just becomes like really difficult. And that's what a, a good question from from Eric is, oh. what what does everyone else think of like Will Barton? Um, especially now that the contract is starting to make sense for teams. Of course, they weren't going to make a push for it earlier because it would have cost a lot more but now you're not costing as much so it's like okay right now let's take a look right like, would you trade will barton for contavious caldwell pope yes yeah because i think that's what denver needs more i don't i don't i honestly don't think it's that the latter is in a vacuum just a better player i yeah, don't you're not giving up a first for a guy like that that's that's not the the margin in this in this conversation right but i think one of the reasons why Nuggets fans in particular are willing to move on is because when you see Jamal coming back and you see Michael Porter coming back, I think what we've seen from this team over the course of these last few years when, when they're healthy is that the offense is never going to be an issue. No. They're always going to be dominant. And you don't necessarily need that fifth guy to be a knockdown shooter that can do a whole bunch of secondary playmaking, which kind of argues against my Bogdan Bogdanovich point. You probably need a, a defender. You right. probably need somebody who's right. more versatile. And that's that's not Will right, right now, which is okay. He right. can fill a different role for another team. Right. I think a lot of people would probably view him as like a low-tier starter, maybe a high-tier backup. I mean, your fifth starter, your sixth. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's literally a starter. Yeah, 14, 15 million is not overpaid for it's a guy not. like that. It's not. That's it's the, crazy. That's the thing. I know the thing with Will Barton is that I, I feel like his the reason why it feels like he's run his course is really just his relationship with the fan base. That's part of it. There's the declining physical aspect. And then just, you know, I do think there was a year there where after the trade, Everything was great. Like the balance they had there was great. But as the physical sort of aspect of Barton's game continues to trend in one direction and you and you you see the emergence of a guy like Bones, you know, you do or at least I start saying, OK, do they need more firepower or do they need more right. defensive versatility and prowess? And there's a great comment from Joshua Wallace here that says, honestly, he hates all this trade and have to be aggressive talk. People said the same about the Warriors for years. They stuck with their guys, continue to draft and develop. I get it. You know, I get it. 
why I bring all of this up is this is just sort of this the off season show. that we're at. No, no, this is the off season <laughs> that we're. This is the off season we're in, though. If yeah. if the Nuggets are going to try to reshuffle the deck at all and improve, we're no longer talking about RJ Hamptons on the move. It's gonna be about Barton or Amante, you know, and and hopefully not. And I don't expect it to be a Bones, but just that type of thing. It, we're in the tough decision era. Yeah, the, I'm the, with you. The but the, the the thing that I mean the the if I could play devil's advocate if nice you, well that's I could, if I could play Adam Marez oh okay I mean. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we are kind of at a play so you know I don't know, are you familiar with the Nuggets uh, yeah I, I I dabble okay uh, so last year two of their best players were hurt for most of the year that's true yeah um, and it really hurt how good they were as a basketball team previous to that they were very good as a basketball team until those players got hurt. Now those players are coming back, so they should be good again, right? Like, you get you get nervous. Like, you get nervous when people feel uh, like there is desperation simply because of the clock of the NBA season. Like, it is the off season; moves must must be made. But like, if you were able to acquire Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. this off season, you'd be like, "Wow, you really made that oh, squad sure. a lot better." Sure. I, I don't and, think there's any question that this is a top five group when healthy. Right. I think that that's there's a difference. I think between saying, "Okay, we have enough." versus we have the right mix. And and when you're talking about the the talent perspective, there's no question. But I think what we saw with this last series against Golden State is that they tortured Denver. They absolutely kicked oh, Denver's they, butt they offensively. Torture everybody now. Denver has the worst defensive rating of every team yeah. in the playoff field. Yeah. Right. And they're getting back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter. They're not getting back OG Ananobi <laughs> and uh, prime Danny Green here from a defensive standpoint. They they need somebody who's going to lock down. They need down. exterior defense, no Which, question. If if you're talking about the avenues to get better and right, you right. don't want to trade Bones and you don't want to trade Monte, I think there's just a natural uh, pecking order that you have to go down. Yeah, definitely, to, me, to, me it's ju- to me, it's just Barton. Well, but I think it's interesting too. Is <laughs> you like, know what I mean? Like, not he's just the problem, but like that's the piece they should look. To no, that, that's exactly like, it. They shouldn't. It's, they shouldn't. They should be wary of clearing out the cupboard too much and being too knee jerky in this way because they, as you say, like the piece that we're talking about is not a right. premier piece. Right. Right. Like, and so they should not give up premier. As I believe assets to fill that space, they should just find like. A different guy that is better on. Yeah, yeah. would that be uh, would that be viewed as aggressive though? Well, that's just it. Like, th- there's this idea that you have to be aggressive, and I don't think they have to be. Aggressive to me is like a team that's um, a team that's like looking to like the Jazz have to be aggressive. Like they are spiraling into nowheresville. That's a forest fire. Yeah, yeah. they like <laughs> they have to like make really difficult decisions. Like the Portland Trailblazers had to make really difficult decisions because their that's, hypothesis that's had one. run its course, yeah. and we have not. And it's, it's true. Like, no, absolutely true. So it's like you don't like you want to fill in the sides, but you have to be wary about being too think, aggressive in these situations. I think it's precise, not aggressive. Yes, that's, that's probably the mm-hmm. way. Like because you have to get it right. And and if you don't like you you don't necessarily have to take a, a hammer, but you got to use a chisel. That we're we're trying to craft the statue here in terms of uh, okay, this is the statue of David. You're not going to take a okay. freaking hammer to to that statue. You you have to find the mm. right tool. <laughs> All right, which oh, I, I'm, I'm to craft I'm, that we're, beautiful we're, uh, beautiful piece. I, I love I love Roman architecture, guys. That's my that's my jam. Do you think that the uh, that a statue is architecture? Is that what we just learned? I I think that it's <laughs> part of the architecture. Yes, absolutely yes. not. It's called sculpture. Anyway, uh, next. 
<laughs> Architecture is a building. We'll get into this afterwards. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was a. I thought that was a good segment. Good kind of, it was. Do you have any, can we bring up the mail form quarter? Yeah. <laughs> the Roman architecture graphic. <laughs> Deb was in charge oh, of that. Well, you're a son of a bitch. Show. Kale, you're a son of a bitch, and none of us here like you. Dev, uh, <laughs> have you been able to watch the Nuggets, Avalanche, and Rapids games this year? Uh, only at the bar. Only at the bar. <laughs> it's been tough. Yeah. Uh, you have to basically go to a sports bar or you get, you get Ivaca TV because yeah. Ivaca TV has services like, I don't know, Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet. Does that sound appealing? A lot of people in Colorado couldn't watch their favorite teams for some reason, <clears throat> for some reason. But this service is now available in Denver and Colorado Springs. So get yourself tapped back in to the Colorado Avalanche as they chase the cup to the Denver Nuggets as they enter their most important offseason in team history and chase their own trophy eventually. How do you get Evoca TV? You go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. That's evoca.tv slash DNVR and use the promo code DNVR. You'll get $10 off your first three months. That's only $15 per month for the first three months plus the receiver. No contracts, no hidden fees. And here's the kicker. We're on there. There's a DNVR channel. So you can watch all of our live content there. We're going to continue to fill up that channel with programming. Hopefully get it 24-7 eventually. But Bro, I need some time off. If you're rocking with Avaca, you're rocking with DNVR. No, dude, it's just gonna be online with D-Line like online all week. With, do you guys see my sweatshirt? I'm a I'm officially a Colorado Avalanche guy. I've was I've been a cool. Colorado Avalanche guy. Yeah, what's the is this a late evolution? I'm no, confused. I just uh, here on the show I'm representing, and then I showed this to somebody who doesn't know anything about the team or live in this country, and they thought it was something uh, that signified my allegiance to the Illuminati. Oh, I can understand that. Yeah, so. I think it's a great logo, though. I on, I honestly do. Like, it's a it's a very clean. It's fucking logo. great. It's a great logo. Yeah. Also, a little Illuminati esque. It is a little. <laughs> and if there's anyone that gives off like real underground influence vibes, yeah, 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 yeah. you, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Dev, are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? <laughs> I'm so ready for game game one. Game one. That's tonight, right? It is? Tonight. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's what I thought. Join the finals at you with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets in stat law. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals with the DraftKings same game parlay? You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, under on Tatum points, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-470. Zero, and we're back. Oh, great, Brendan. I, I want to point out a comment to you. Uh -oh. Who is tallest in Nuggets media? Adam Ryan votes. I, I think this person is uh, very. It's giving you a lot of credit for for being in that conversation. That feels like me throwing Tatum in an MVP conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to look up at Adam like this. Yeah. Like there's there's Adam is is like six seventeen. He's, Adam's disgustingly tall. Yeah. Yeah. He's, only, he's six six. I get over. Come no, on. but like you sit, like I'll be at Jesus lunch, Christ. like a good 14 feet away from Adam, and he's playing footsies with me under the table somehow. Well, that's because he has bad body control. That's true, too. He's a bit awkward and gangly. I hope he's not watching this. I hope he is. Adam, oh. get control of your fucking huge body. <laughs> We've had enough, dude. Rein yourself in. Right, dude. Do okay. Some... <laughs> what did I write down for segment two? Oh, that's right. Uh, Off-season coming up, as we've talked about. 
Ryan, much has been made of the departure of Tim Connolly, but I want to talk about looking forward. And this is the hardest question for any of us to answer. There's only so much insight we can have into this particular question, but just sort of general notes. What are your expectations for Calvin Booth stepping into the decision-making role? It's it's a tough one, right? Like he he has been around for five years. I think that's that's something that everybody should understand is that he's five years has, has been a long time that he's been the assistant GM mm. under Tim Connolly. Or, or he was the assistant GM and then was promoted to GM after Arturis left. So he is very familiar with what the Nuggets like to do. He brings some of his own flavor, but he also is is very much a part of what they were doing before. So I think it's mostly the same. And I, I honestly think I, I think one of the things we're getting to here is he's seemingly a little bit more aggressive is kind of the word on the street, not necessarily as tied down to the players that he specifically drafted right. as somebody like Tim Connolly might be or, or he specifically traded because ultimately Calvin did not make those deals as the final call. So I think there is some part of me that is hoping that he can bring a fresh eye mm. and a fresh perspective into each and in each individual relationship for these these players on the nuggets and be like okay is this part of the championship vision and then evaluate and say okay is this good great is this bad great and then take that where it was where it will does that sort of jive with how you're expecting things to go absolutely i think the biggest thing for um for, for Calvin is to be who they want him to be. So being the aggressive guy and being okay with being the aggressive guy. So um, rather that means uh, like being in the draft and trying to go after people or like having to make those type of decisions of a Bones Highland or a Monte Morris, right. just because, you know, the fan base loves them and, you know, that's your guy. You still have to make a decision that makes the team better because that's your job and, and being that, that part of that job. Um, the one thing that I think is very difficult for him is he is bringing back a lot of guys and he's seen them like uh, when they were actually like at their peak, but not long enough. Um, so like he has to make those type of decisions, but you have the core that's already there now make it better around that. So is Monte part of that core is bones part of that core? Like you want them to be in that, but. Also, they're not the actual core when you talk about, like, the money that's given and, and who you want to build around. So he has to fill the best team possible, and I feel like you have to do that right now with the, like, regime change. Tim told us on this show, Eric, that he does not separate – or he has a hard time viewing these players as just assets and not people and no. not relationships. That can be hindering for a GM. A lot of GMs specifically – or explicitly avoid that approach – for this reason, do you think it can be a benefit, as Ryan said, a fresh set of eyes and perspective, well, just sort of looking at where they need to go from here? Here's what I know. Here's what I know is that Tim Connolly does things differently than everybody else in the league, and he has assembled a very good team that has a very unique culture that appeals to a player like Nikola Jokic very much and a guy that values um, – you know, relationships and trust and things that are not necessarily uh, motivating to other people in the league. It's sort of like the perfect combination of personalities that have created this environment in Denver, Colorado. Calvin Booth has absolutely been part of it. But the thing is, is like <clears throat> this. I keep saying this, like that we, we are now presented with an element of chaos. Like we don't know what it looks like when a different 
finger is on the final button making the because he will never make the same decisions as Tim Connolly because he's not Tim Connolly. Right. <laughs> like he could, you know, you, you work with a guy for a long time and then you take over at Denver Stiffs and it's different than it was when Adam was there. It doesn't mean it's better or worse. We don't know. I mean, like you obviously made Denver Stiffs much worse. We right. hope that <laughs> what we that, hope that one's clear. <laughs> yeah. What we hope is drop off Denver, <laughs> is that the Denver Nuggets <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man, I'm such a jerk. It's unbelievable. Uh but you know what I'm saying? Like, we just don't know, man. Like, I, I obviously, like, I've met Calvin Booth several times. He seems very, you know, like, competent. Like, he's definitely yeah, yeah. Tim Connolly. I trust Tim Connolly's uh, decision-making, and he decided to bring Calvin Booth in. So, right. like, that is already is like, it feels good to me. I'm just nervous, man, because we are in this place where we are primed for a position where we can actually, you know, if health falls in our way, that we can actually really strike in a real meaningful way. And so I just, I mean, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I hate that this is happening right now. It could be a great thing. Right. Like you're saying, it could be, right. it absolutely. could absolutely, like we have the guy, it could be an, a, a Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr situation in the front office. It could be just a slight philosophical change that propels the foundation of what we have into the next stratosphere. That is what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, look, you know, we're all disappointed by a general approach from ownership but excited for calvin you know definitely want to draw a distinction between being bummed about the way tim left and thinking that calvin can't do this job the nuggets are extremely confident in him of course they wouldn't tell us otherwise right now but they are that's why they brought him in that's why they, they got him ready for this role and i do think tim's general approach will pay dividends as i understand it while he is ultimately the decision maker, he was a collaborative type in the front office. And I would imagine that Calvin's voice and influence has been heard and exerted and, and, and digested within this organization already. So move now from expectations to wish list. Um, general philosophies, Ryan. I mean, I, I definitely get the sense that you are eager to see some changes. Uh, we talked about KCP just sort of I mean, it's such a broad question. Take it however you want. But but what are you hoping to see from this offseason? Yeah, if there's if there's one overarching thing that I think Denver needs to do, it's they have to revamp their wing position. I, I kind of yeah, separate Denver's sure. – I, I separate their position groups into guards, wings, forwards, and bigs. And, and I would definitely categorize Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter as forwards, Zeke Daji as a forward. Who are you really categorizing as a wing? No. Is it is it Will? Is that is that it? Is it closest? Yes. Like, yeah. I think I think that's it. And so most teams, if they have kind of positional balance, if they they have versatility, they have the ability to do a whole bunch of different things. I hope that Denver adds three or four new bodies into that position group alone, and that means getting six five to six seven dudes with long arms that are athletic, mm. that can defend the one, that can defend the three. And maybe hit some shots along the way. That's that's kind of where I'm going, as as my primary target. And if you if you fall into that category and it's not that pricey, then I'm I'm definitely trying to get you. KCP is, is a name you know we've heard from folks like us, and folks like us have heard from others. And sure. I think it's it's makes a lot of sense. He's not a guy that you know you shoot out of bed in the morning like KCP. Could today <laughs> be the day? But Dude. think back to. I mean, I thought in that Lakers title run, KCP was like maybe the third or fourth most important player on 100%. the team. He was so good. he was really good. He's re really I really good just I, I I I just keep, keep hearing ICP, the insane clown posse. 
Dude, you want to do a segment on that? So much. <laughs> Magnets. How do what they is, work? What is your favorite Insane Clown Posse uh, song, Dev? I don't remember any of the titles. Um, throw that ass in a circle? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. That actually could be. <laughs> that actually Honestly, might be right. Honestly, legit could be a, a recent. <laughs> the, Miracles is the only one I'm aware of. As how, you mentioned, Magnets, how do they how work? How do they work? <laughs> um, what are we talking about? I don't know. I'm KCP. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, dra- Draft-wise, Ryan, um, <laughs> I... So everyone says it's best player available. It's best player available. The Nuggets are also in a, in a situation where they're trying to round out that roster with guys you can play and guys you don't have to pay. If the best player available is a guard and a, a wing you still like is on the board, I mean, do, 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 you, do you hope they go in the latter direction? Do, yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. I, I think there are a couple of guards in this draft, like a – a Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky or a Kennedy Chandler from Tennessee. Guys that are kind of all up and down the board, but there are a lot of people that like those guys. One of them is six foot three, one of them is six foot nothing. Yeah. And I'm a little bit concerned if Denver's gonna add another six foot three or under guy because why? Uh, why do I'm you think? Just, uh, <laughs> I, I Faku are, fan four two seven over there. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, just those, kidding. Those are Brendan's uh, people, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh I think one of the like because it's it's about versatility. It's about adding pieces that you didn't have before. And and I think that there is a possibility that a wing that they draft could immediately contribute to their group. You don't want that guy to have to contribute to the group, but if there's nobody else on the team that is six six, six seven, right, that can defend some threes when let's say Michael Porter sits out for, I don't know, forty five games, like <laughs> it might behoove them to try to get somebody like that, even if that isn't the best player on the board. Yeah, I think this year is a lot different and um, I think exciting times for for Denver because they do have to be a lot different than what they've been in the past or what other teams have. Instead of going for best available, I think they actually have to go for a specific you know, so right. type. Like you have no choice. It does not matter who is on the board. Mm. You go around that. So maybe that means, uh, you know, in the draft like pushing back a few just because you know your guy's gonna still be there like where you have those future assets or you just have something to like buy with but you have to go after a defender you have to go after a ford or a wing that can actually be a ford as well so like you need versatility this year you need um do you need to answer defense like i really don't think that there's anything else um that you could do you don't need more scoring you don't need anything like you need a defender who wants to um, guard multiple positions. So no matter what, that's because what because I think what, one of the things that you can say about the front office at that point or, or ownership at that point is oh oh okay so you're not serious about competing for a title because everybody needs defense. Everybody needs somebody that can at least do something on that end. And that was definitely Denver's biggest weakness yeah. in these playoffs. They were still able to score despite the fact that they didn't have Jamal Murray or Michael Porter. That part is true. Jokic yeah. was <laughs> able to do it. Like it's insane. Yep. Like, come he's, on now. He's really good. And so if you just add another take, guy that know. can capably defend a, a Clay Thompson or a, not, yeah. not a Steph Curry, but like Jordan a, just, Poole. Just a Jordan Poole would yeah. be great. A Jordan Poole great. defender would be great. That seems, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Somebody that like, somebody can stop <sighs> every attempt to drive the lane. Congratulations on acquiring your forward stopper. Here are all of the guards you need to be <laughs> for the next three years. Shh. <laughs> Shout out Nug Life. I asked Andre and Eric this question earlier in the week. Dev, Ryan, Dev, I'll go to you first, but I want to hear from both of you. Is there, in terms of archetypes, is there an outcome in this draft that just bums you out? Is there is there a, a position or a player they take where you go, you know, you just, this isn't helping? I think an undersized wing, I think that would, would get me. Um, 
just because I really do feel like there has to be other, you know, bigger defenders that has to go after Aaron Gordon or to give him just breaks um, in that way. Um, also a guy that like is on, like a defender that can't shoot. Like you need a three and D guy. You need some type of spacing offensively. Um, you need a guy that when he's on the floor, he's going to be able to score um, instead of just being a defender because then that just takes away um, the spacing from Jokic. So I, I really do think that an undersized wing would bum me out. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of along the same lines. Any, anybody really under 6'3". Anybody, even like six four, is is probably not the way to go. And I'm I'm, I'm being heightist. I'm being yeah, uh, I'm being is, definitely this is uh, disgusting. D- like uh, losing respect. Whatever. For but yeah. I, I do think that it's it's just important to understand where Denver's strengths on their roster currently are. Which is okay. You've got Jamal Murray. You've got Bones Highland. You've got Monte Morris. All three of those guys are probably going to be freaking good. I I don't think you need to add another one. Right. If they added a center. I would at least be okay with that, with the understanding that, hey, you have a potentially cheap backup center on the online for four years. So I, right. I could at least talk myself into that. I can't talk myself into another guard. I Yeah, that's how I feel too. Even, even though despite, like, no matter how many guards the Nuggets sign, they still seem to need another one halfway through the season. Right. That's I don't want to see a free agent addition that's or draft thing. addition. Yeah, that is the funny thing about uh, the long nature of the NBA season, the war of attrition that we all watch each and every night is that, you get people get hung up on the idea of like who's the starter, who's the this. Is it, that's like yo. At a certain point, you kind of need bodies. <laughs> but I'm with you. Like we got to we got we got holes to fill. We can't be we can't be like doubling up on our our reserves. You know who doesn't have any holes to fill? The American Raptors. They filled their roster, and it's full huh. of crossover athletes who have found success <laughs> in sports from all different backgrounds. And now they're coming together right here in the heart of Rugbyville, USA, Glendale, Colorado. I bet you didn't know. Now you do. That's the place to go to learn more about the game, to soak in the game, to play the game. And the Raptors are doing that. They went five and five in their first season. Not bad for a bunch of athletes trying a new sport. And they want you to come and see how they improve. These tickets are free. I did not pull up the ad read. So I uh, Hell yeah, dude. I don't know what the website is. Hang on. I'll give it two seconds. <laughs> Eric, what do you think of rugby? Do you like it? Um, I like it because it reminds me of football, but it's also different. That's a great point. Those tickets are free, too. And you can head over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. But if you can't make the game, AmericanRaptors.com will be streaming all of them wow. from their website. Check it out. And if you really do, for real, for real, want to learn more about rugby, check out the DNVR Rugby Podcast, hosted by the one and the only Colton Strickler. Uh, He does a really good job breaking the game down. I think he reaches out to both legitimate fans of the game and speaks to us laymans as well. I've been on that show. It's a lot of fun. Not the strongest pitch, but check it out. DNVR Rugby Podcast on Spotify. Okay, well, we're talking about the draft, fellas. So let's key in and let's get a little more specific. We got Ryan Blackburn in the house. So let's go ahead and get Ryan Blackburn's guys up on the screen. Oh, Thank you, oh. Super Producer Kale. Look at that. Ryan, talk to us about some prospects you've fallen in love with or, or at this point in your research. First off, why isn't this say Rise Guys? Oh, that's great. That's, what the hell's uh, wrong with you, Kale? That's, that's too bad. Rise but, Guys. Yeah, he's he's going he's gonna to edit it now. Uh, yeah. Regular <laughs> Producer Kale um, over there. I, I think that when I when I kind of sent over this list. I was looking for wings. I was yeah. looking for guys that uh, they, they must be this tall to ride. And <laughs> and uh, I do think that <laughs> if all, you're, if you're Denver... It's a cruel world. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, if, if you're Denver, there, there are kinds of different guys that you can go for. One of them, Malachi Brandon. He was the first one 
who was on that list. He was a freshman for Ohio State this year. He played with EJ Liddell, who is, I, I think, a junior who is more of a power forward type that a lot of people have mocked to Denver before. Uh, but Just worked Mal- out for Denver as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Malachi is probably going to go in the lottery. He's a guy that was kind of lower tier in terms of his evaluation in the first round that's risen up draft boards lately. He's a young freshman, very versatile scoring game. I really like uh, the way that he plays. It reminds me a lot of Chris Middleton mm. from an offensive perspective. He can make like some that. good passes. He's very uh, comfortable in all three levels of uh, scoring. And he just seems like a guy who the defense wasn't there quite yet, but he's also 18 for the majority of that time. He'll be 19 when he's drafted. Mm. Like He's a guy that if you don't need somebody immediately, if you're Denver, he's a guy that I can see, okay, down the line, like that could be a really major hit for Denver. Yeah, with, um, with Malachi, um, first off, yeah, I think he's going to go around the 14, 15-ish. Mm. So if he's there at 21, you're going to take no him. Brainer. Like, nuggets are going to take him no matter what. Um, Ohio State really hasn't had any first-round picks in a long time. I think D'Angelo Russell was like Greg the Oden? last time. D'Angelo Russell was the last time that they had. Yes, they, that's they've fair. Yes. Good, Eric. Um, yep, that's right. I mean, and, and he's young. Like He's like he's super young, and I think that's what stands out for him. Like He's super efficient. I think the Chris Middleton um, comp makes a lot of sense um, just because like the scoring instincts are just there. He, it just comes natural to him. He has the frame. He has the size of everything that you need for Denver. But also a lot of it is offensive. And I think that that's what like, kind of scares me away from him or like at least pushes you in a different direction because his is going to come in and he's going to want the ball. He's going to – like I don't feel like he's one of those guys that's going to wait for a year and then try to figure out and become a defensive guy, and that's what Denver's going to need. Um, but, I mean, again, you're going to put him on the floor. He's going to produce, and you're going to want that in a very, very young guy. So – um, like it, it does make sense to have that type of guy and put him on that list. As far as availability on the board, sounds like it's a bit of a stretch it's a big factor. But but is he? <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> I can't decide if I love or hate doing the show with you. Yeah, I know. Um, but, uh, oh my god, what was my question, Eric? <laughs> I, I got it. I got well, it. Is, no, he, is no. he a guy worth trading up for? Is he a guy worth trading up? For? I, I doubt it. I, I honestly doubt it because. <laughs> Of <laughs> uh, I I don't think and and I think uh, Dev hit it on the head right there. I think he's gonna. There's a possibility that it looks more like a Malik Beasley, somebody mm. who, offensive minded, kind of coming into the draft, athleticism wise, you kind of hope that he develops into that defensive guy, and maybe it just never does. Right. Uh, but Malachi, like there there is a definite reason to be excited about him, and there's a reason why he's projected to go in the lottery right now. Uh, if he were to fall, I'd be I'd be more than happy to take that chance. Uh, but 14 or 15, if you're trading up to that point, that does it doesn't seem like the right use of okay. assets. Let's move on, Ryan. Show, talk to us about some other guys. Yes, my yeah. rise guy. Uh, rise I, I, need, I need Who's to know what the, what's on the list. Oh, guy. hey, oh. look, it's Marshawn Bochamp. Yeah, we talked about him, but let's I, get into it again. I, I am sure it's I am, Bochamp, yeah, not I, Beauchamp. I, I, I think Beauchamp, like Adam Mare says. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, Bochamp is a very interesting piece for Denver because he's a little bit more ready. He's 21 years old who played in with the G League Ignite. I know you guys have kind of profiled him a little bit, but the thing that really stands out to me, there are very few players with his frame and his athleticism and his wingspan that suck uh, when they're drafted <laughs> at that point. Mm. If, if he is a guy that you believe in as, okay, he's going to be able to shoot at least comfortably, mm-hmm. then you take a chance on that guy knowing that he's going to be a good, solid defender that you can play 
two, three, or four, very versatile, could probably switch onto ones and be perfectly fine. I like that style of player and think that that kind of guy with that kind of versatility who can switch and do a bunch of different things is where Denver should be living in this draft. And if they can get a guy like Marjan Beauchamp at 21, that would be my first target in mm. all likelihood. Chat, yeah. sound off. I know a lot of you like him as well. This is the guy that like went to like six different high schools, yes. though, right? Like, yes. He yes. was with yes. Michael Porter Jr. at one point yes. um, in time and playing under like uh, Brandon Roy. So like yeah, he's yes. been around like for a long time, mm-hmm. and he was like one of the first people that did that uh, NBA to or high school to NBA. Like they they gave you a year to just kind of work with the trainers and then try to go into it. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of things that just make it hard to see how good he truly is because he went to like a JUCO or something like that and dominated, like put up 30 points a game in like 13 or 12 contests or something like that. Um, I feel like uh, the physical like attributes all there perfect yeah. like everything about him seems perfect on paper um big shoot it off the dribble super athletic um everything you need especially 19 years old like he'll come right in and be a fit that you could play defensively and i think that this is the one that makes the most sense um because he he has that defensive uh like the instincts to actually do everything and want to be a defender um and you put him on the floor and things good things that happen so I think that it makes sense to have a, a guy like this that can defend multiple positions um, and has yeah. those traits. So I would think of like a Jaden McDaniels if I had to. Yeah. That's, that's a great call. He, he kind of strikes me as a guy that I knows that. that he's going to be most likely a role player star, like somebody who's not going to be a first or second option, but has the potential to get up to a third option on a championship team or somebody of that nature. And, and I'm, I'm very excited for guys like that because he, he knows how to move off ball. He knows how to get out in transition. He knows that most of the time his impact is going to start on the defensive end and then hopefully move to the offensive end after that. That's what you're looking for with this kind of pick. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who I haven't heard anyone say, yeah, you know, right. everyone right. is at least considering this pick. And I, I, yeah, I think he's a guy we'll probably yeah, he's six six. Yeah. yeah. He he is a guy we've looked at a few and he's he's one that for I sure. definitely am interested in for sure. Speaking of guys, Ryan. Oh, Rise Guy Ooh, three. Rise guys. Do we have any more guys? Uh, Wendell Moore Jr. is very interesting. I have for the life of me zero idea why he's projected to be a second round pick. He is a player who struggled for the first couple years of his of his college career at Duke. He was a highly recruited uh high school player. Ultimately, it wasn't working out initially, but in his third season, his junior year, he looks like a guy who can do everything you want at the shooting guard position, every single thing. He's got size for the position. He can shoot it both off the catch, off the dribble. He can pass, and he's a, he's a freaking awesome defender. That's one thing that people need to know about Wendell Moore Jr. He's a defensive playmaker who shoots the gaps, who has seven-foot wingspan at 6'5", and, and is going to poke the ball free on steals. He's going to have chase down blocks, and he's athletic enough. He just had like a 39-inch vertical or something mm. at, the, at, the, at the combine. Like, this guy knows how to play. Yeah, this, he's 19 years old, right? Like, or he, He's 20. He's a young junior. Oh, 20, yeah. So, yeah, he, he's yeah. 20 years old. And also, um, I mean, that, that scares you away. But also, he's had three years of being under Coach K. Like, that's a lot different um, than just having years played. Um, he, he got better every single year. Um, what you see from a guy like that, this is a guy that came in as a, a McDonald's All-American that kind of got pushed back down to earth and then had to work his way up and decided to keep coming back. 
he checks off every single box that you need for Denver. You need a scorer or a shooter. You need an athletic guy. You need a guy that can play multiple positions but also defend multiple positions, and he does that. Um, super athletic, over-the-rim type of player that's going to like lock in defensively and know he's coming in to work from day one. He's never going to be the star for the team, and he's okay with that. Yeah. Um, and I think that you need that type of guy, especially with that type of size. Yeah, he, this is kind of looks like a bigger Gary Harris. There's There's a lot of Gary to him. Except Gary had a six foot eight wingspan. His is over seven foot. And that was the thing with Gary, who is, and as much as I miss him right now with all the guards Denver's played, we also can't forget in that same postseason that he saved the Utah series, he couldn't play in the conference finals because there was no matchup for him. Right. Because he's not versatile enough. So that, yeah, like bigger Gary Harris, longer Gary Harris, yeah. chef's kiss. Yeah. Exactly. That sounds perfect. And, and this is kind of the idealized version of Gary Harris that a lot of people were thinking because back in the 2017-18 season, Gary was starting to do a whole bunch of things off the off the dribble too. And sure. really creating for himself, really doing a whole bunch of different things. I like the idea <laughs> of Wendell Moore. I have no idea why he is not projected as a first-round pick right now. And if I were Denver, I would be very comfortable picking him at 21. Very comfortable. It, from that standpoint, not necessarily the player comp, but that sounds very Herb Jonesy. Just like exactly. why? Why, there, are, why is there this? is a lot of hey, this guy was a three-year college guy. He's a little bit older than some of the freshmen that are coming in. Is he a guy that slipped through the cracks? Is he a guy that has the comfortability to be able to defend at a high level with a lot of these guys? I, I think that there is a a very strong chance that he immediately comes in and and is an impactful player. That was a good list of guys right there. Man, rise guys. <laughs> Dude, huh? Dudes love just naming other dudes. Dudes oh. love dudes, man. Do you want to go name our top dudes? I thought you were going to say Top Gun. Let's just talk about Top Gun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I have plenty of dudes in that. We saw, we saw Top Gun last night, and then oh Brendan came dressed like Top Gun today. <laughs> I was I was extremely inspired by that Miles Teller fit. Uh, <laughs> let's rank the top dudes in Top Gun. Yeah, number one dude. Ooh. Is Tom Cruise the number one dude in yeah, Top Gun? Absolutely. Yeah, he's got Top be, right? guy, Top Gun? Yeah. Right. He is. He first of all, Tom Cruise is that character. Okay, like who's, in real life. Who's yeah. the second dude in Top Gun? Iceman. Iceman. In the really? original. In the original. Oh, yeah. no, the original. No, we're talking Maverick, Maverick. dude. Oh, Top, Top Gun. Maverick. No, we're talking about okay, the good okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, whoever. Uh, I think Hangman. Hangman's probably. Uh, like, I think he. That dude's dope. Kale. I think Kale is a Hangman yeah. vote as well. Yeah. I, Miles Teller did it. I go me, rooster. Man. I go, I go rooster, rooster all day and twice on Sunday. God, I wish I could grow that rooster stash. Every day I wake up, I remember that yeah, I can. Yeah, we were watching yeah. the movie last night in the theater. Brendan and I hang out from time to time. So Just cool. Just kidding. This was the first time ever. Nope. It's and happened more than once. We, I looked in that over, exact same and I was watching. I was watching Rooster on, which is Miles Teller with a funny shirt and a mustache on mm. screen. I look over at Brendan. I'm like, am I in Top Gun? Like, am I watching this? in the Top Gun hangar with Rooster right now. I felt like it was an immersive experience watching Top Gun with you. It, it was an immersive experience watching <laughs> Top Gun with you. <laughs> Why, just because I made comments the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. That's we it. Should, that's right. <laughs> oh, I was, so I you're was that gonna, guy in the movie theater? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. I was going to ask to come. I do not want to go with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you do. You do. You should come with we us. See, tell him it's fun. Tell yeah, him it's it, fun. Well, it actually was fun. Then. Let's go. <laughs> it's a great movie to watch with your dad. Uh, real uh, quick, which I'm sure you've got. Wait a minute. That, uh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Man, I took a dark turn from yeah. the <laughs> Well, I guess Eric's out. Um, <laughs> really quick, Ryan, who's winning the finals? And is there anything interesting Ooh. to you about this finals matchup? Oh, there's there's plenty interesting, right? Like this, These, are, these two teams are very unique in, in the way that they play, but also they kind of do a lot of the same things. So... I think it's probably the Warriors because I think the Celtics, they're probably running out of gas here. They've had two straight seven-game series. A little banged up. 
But I, man, I'm they're really good. I, I think I picked them to win the finals at the beginning of the year. Or not the beginning, the beginning of the playoffs. Sure. And and they haven't done anything to really dispel that other than nearly crap in the bed at the end of this last game. Yeah, they almost lost. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, tough. They yeah. really were one Jimmy Butler decision away from going home. It was wild. And you know who's better than the Heat? The Warriors. Yeah, by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. They are. This has been Basketball Corner with Eric Weedham. Hey, I mean, sometimes it's not as complicated as we want to make it. Strong agreed. I, yeah. I've dra- my DraftKings account agrees with you on this particular series. <laughs> I want to thank Dev for hanging out with me this week. I know it's not easy when he's working. Um, that's it. That's the end of the compliment. Eric's here. And Ryan, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, Happy man. for you. Proud of, of you. Grateful for your appearance today. Chat, grateful for you as always. We love you. Go see Top Gun. Let's go Nuggets. Let's go. <laughs> Bye, guys.